Virginia Woolf said, As a woman, I have no country. As a woman, I want no country. As a woman, my country is the whole world. It is a beautiful sentiment, poetic and liberating, especially for a writer who explored not in breadth but in depth, or for someone who never traveled a lot, or even didn't need to travel a lot to feel they were connected with the world. Well, I don't know about that. But what I do know from experience is that when you do travel or try to settle in a new place, certain things impact you. The fear of losing something, connections, identity, your roots, the feeling of not belonging and the irrational impulse to feel at home from the day you arrive. During my first year in Budapest, I tried much harder than I do now to give directions to passers-by who asked. I tried to eat both goulash and borscht on a regular basis. I invited friends from Russia to visit so they could see my new home and bring books in Russian. After some time, the declaration my country is the world turned into a haunting question. Is my only home the world? In my case, the process of adapting to a new culture without forgetting where I came from was compounded with the fact that I write. And not just that, because from a certain point onward, I wrote in two languages, Russian and English. Here I have to say that I was brought up in a monolingual family, where language and literature written in my native language were always treated with deep respect. My parents worked as theater actors their whole lives and are in a way typical members of the intelligentsia. Our home has always been overloaded with volumes of books. Quoting Brodsky during the dinner was never a big deal. Discussing Tolstoy's personal life on a regular basis. Why not? Russian literature, undoubtedly and without any irony at all, was assumed to be the greatest in the world. During my childhood, we were taught that we should feel honored to be native speakers of the mighty Russian language. I accepted that idea, and for many years I was grateful to that language for choosing me, especially when I started to write. Language was an entity that defined and sheltered me. It gave me context, a sense of belonging, the right to have Pushkin's face on my coffee mug. Soon after I had moved to Budapest, I chose English as a second working language. It was a necessity, sort of. Of course, I didn't have to write stories in English at all if I didn't want to. The world would survive without them. But like I've said, I felt a strong desire to connect with my new environment. And for me, people have always been my main link to life. I couldn't work in Hungarian in the beginning. 
I was struggling every time I wanted to get something from the counter in the shop. So I thought that it would be a good idea to use my upper intermediate level of English to write short stories. It wasn't a brilliant idea. It turned out that writing in two languages was, for the most part, horrible. It wasn't just challenging or frustrating or disappointing. It wasn't just about different dialect tags or using this instead of it or phrasal verbs. It was all these and more. Speaking many languages enriches our experience, stimulates our brain. That's what they say. I should add that writing in a different language undermines confidence, impacts read increases, our anxiety, and simultaneously triples the effort necessary to get pieces accepted to a native-level publication. When you live in a city far from the one you were born in, write in a language your parents don't understand, you have to deal with something more than semantics. You have to reconsider your approach to writing. Should I set stories in the city I come from? Or in Budapest? Or in Berlin? Or Rome? Or somewhere else entirely? On Mars? Should I write a fantasy instead and make up a whole new universe? And if I set it in Budapest, what kind of characters should I write about? Experts, locals, both? If locals, why should they speak English and not their native tongue? Should I include footnotes for lines in Hungarian? What niche will my story fill? Where might I even publish a book set in Eastern Europe and written in English? Not to mention that you don't want to write a bad book, but a solid, thought-provoking, convincing book. Later on more questions followed. To which professional community, if any, did I belong? Should I bother even trying to gain recognition in my homeland? Should I eventually choose one language to, to write in exclusively? Maybe that was even one of the reasons why I co-founded Budapest Friday Night Stories and then Panel, to get the answers to those questions. Every time I visit my family and friends in St. Petersburg, now every time I reconnect with the environment and, to a certain extent, with language. When I go into the bookstores there, I am struck by the thought that, by writing in English, I have narrowed my chances of ever publishing a book in my mother tongue. And I wonder, was it a good choice to represent myself as simply being a writer in wherever I was located, rather than mastering my native language. Under different circumstances, you would never concern yourself with the specific consequences of these dilemmas. And even if you thought of them, they would be easier to navigate. I personally don't have the answers. All I can do is reinvent them constantly as I handle each problem. 
I usually say to friends and fellow writers that my stereo writing depends on the day, if I'm in the mood to write in English or in Russian. This is not untrue, but it is also only part of the truth. Surprisingly enough, though, this business, not just of moving to a different country, but of writing in two languages and being a member of an international community, has made me braver. The feeling being that if I can do this, I can do anything, if not now, someday. Over a short period of time, and in no small part thanks to panel, I've met a great many people who operate in their native language by day and write stories in English by night. Many have become my friends. It turned out that there were more people around me using their second or third languages to write fiction and poetry than I could have ever imagined. I realized that editors didn't care if a writer's name was too long or too short or too exotic to pronounce properly, as long as the writing was publishable. Yet, somehow, whenever I meet with these people, my friends, we never talk about the issues that naturally arise from writing in two languages. We barely discuss our insecurities, our reservations, our insights, We play all this off, as if it were natural and only of fleeting importance. It's taken for granted that each of us has their own background, that most of us come from different countries or have previously lived abroad, and that many non-native speakers write poetry and fiction in English. That's usually enough. We're experts, after all. People with stamps in our passports, interrupted friendships, scheduled Skype dates and discounts on booking sites. We chose to reshape our identities, took that risk. We don't have to clarify our cultural differences or similarities to get along. So, is there any reason to overthink things? But I do overthink. Even now, when I have accepted so many things, Budapest as a second home, operating in three languages on a daily basis, the fact that my writing in English will always require careful proofreading, and this piece is no exception, the fact that there are days when I miss my own culture so much that I want to read and watch only Russian books and films, And when I overthink multilingual writing, I think of it as a game played for high stakes. That, if you are lucky, you will meet its other players. They will play for their own teams. But with, between rounds, you can sit down for a drink. And that would be my world. In all its depth and length.